Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and, and here she is. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Nine Months Podcast. I'm really happy to be able to put out a new episode for you guys today. It's been three weeks of a of a summer break and uh, I didn't expect it to be so long but I had to stay in Sweden for a little longer than expected so all of my editing equipment was back in Prague so I couldn't really do anything about it but I'm happy to put out episode number 25 for you guys today Um, and today is Thursday as you might have noticed and which means that I'm going to push actually the release date to Thursdays from now on so not Wednesdays but Thursdays is when you will get a new episode coming out and in today's show we hear from Silvana and Silvana is going to be sharing the births of her two little ones Um, and we are going to be talking about baby loss and and everything that goes with um, with losing your baby and how we deal with that. So if you are not in a good place to listen to a story of loss today, I would say skip this one or maybe come back to it later and wait for the next episode to come out instead. But it's a very beautiful story that Silvana shares and we really talk about the importance of of actually sharing these stories also and removing the taboo that comes around um, miscarriage and and baby loss um, so so I hope you guys enjoy this episode and find it helpful and empowering just as I felt when we were recording this together a couple of weeks ago all right you guys let's hear from Silvana Hi, Silvana, and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. It's nice to have you here. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Yeah, good, good. It's funny because I'm in Sweden and you're in Sicily, right? <laughs> Sicily. <laughs> so we're just... Actually, yeah, yeah sorry, I'm, I'm wishing to be in Sweden probably with this temperature. <laughs> Is it really hot? Uh, well, it's around 30, 35 degrees, but it feels like 50, like really, oh. and you can imagine how it is when there is air conditioning in every single small room like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that has to work and that you're using so it's really hot yeah oh that's it sounds nice to me though Sweden is is quite cool and rainy today so I guess we could swap (laughs) yeah all right so um thank you for coming on to share your stories today would you like to start by introducing yourself and who is in your family yeah, so uh, we are a family of uh, four. Uh, we had one loss, so we have one baby right now. My uh, my husband is uh, Italian, actually Sicilian, and actually it's not a husband yet; it's a fiance, but fiance, but it's like too posh for me to say it somehow. So I always say either husband <laughs> or a boyfriend. I don't know why. <laughs> and um, yeah, we live in Prague. We met actually in Czech Republic. Uh, in in a smaller town like uh, in Brno we started dating like uh, almost four years ago actually and um, yeah we um, we somehow 
matched. I don't know. And because I was not expecting that I would like uh, have kids like so soon. Um, but he somehow felt right and he feels right, of course. <laughs> and um, I don't know how we actually I do remember how we started to talk about uh, having kids like we were we were camping somewhere and uh, it, it just like felt like right like we were like okay sh should we do we like would we like to and uh, it was a moment that we decided to try but it didn't like it really didn't work like for from the beginning like we were thinking we were both thinking okay like we decide now it happens now so it was it was uh, a bit of a shock because we were trying like from uh, summer somewhere from august and uh, we ended up being pregnant like in december and it was quite tough uh, several months because we were really trying <laughs> to to get pregnant and it was not working like it was like the typical like every month uh, test and um, frustration and stress and if, if something is wrong if uh, I actually didn't know but my husband even did like the fertility test uh, yeah so he was okay and uh, like then he was tell telling me like that he did it and then it was even more stressful like for me um and I, I i didn't want to do like i was thinking to do some some kind of uh test then um because if if uh, everything was okay with him then it was of course my issue somehow and um i remember just on the work like talking with some colleagues they were telling me like oh you should try uh this uh, femibion this like pregnancy pills like uh pregnancy vitamins and i just took it like for one month and the next month i i got pregnant i don't know if it was like because of that and i think it was because of that because of the after discoveries that we made um and and next month i got pregnant <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah then um I was kind of like real I could really say that I was pregnant in both of my pregnancy because I really felt the pregnancy <laughs> yeah. from the beginning till the end like uh probably it's like that for every woman uh, actually mm. it's not because I talked to to like some ladies that they were telling me that they almost didn't feel like being pregnant like they could do stuff they could uh travel normally uh, go with the car normally without nausea and so on i felt like first three months so my, my first my first uh, baby was a daughter uh her name was uh, aurora and uh, so there that that pregnancy ended up with uh, with the baby loss the pregnancy itself was okay I was even um, graduating in the moment and working like at the same time. And even though I had like this nausea, it, uh, it, it didn't bother me like so much to do all this stuff together, like to be pregnant, to graduate, to, to do the, the thesis and to, to work. Yeah. 
Um, were you guys still in Brno at that time or? Yeah, yeah, we were actually in Brno and we decided because, you know, we were pregnant, we were in like this kind of expat international family to move to Prague. And it happened actually in the middle of the of the pregnancy. It happened around fifth or sixth month that we moved to to Prague. So I had to find actually the new gynecologist uh, to understand how it works in Prague uh, regarding the hospital, where to give the birth, because everything like changed suddenly. Yeah. Did you get any support from your care provider in Brno to find someone in Prague? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> no. So you had to go and search? Yeah. And actually it was very difficult because I remembered that everyone uh, was simply not accepting uh, patients anymore. Whatever I was calling and I was telling you, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm in sixth month, I think. No, we are not accepting patients anymore. So and and really, like I, I was calling. I, I opened the Google Map. I remember, and I was calling every single like uh, gynecologist or nation just to to try. In the end, even the one with the bad reviews, <laughs> just to just to have a doctor. Um, but um, yeah, I remember that in the end. I got recommended to this um, to this doctor that in the end followed my my uh, first pregnancy by my general practitioner from Brno. It was um, it was her close friend, so she accepted. But and it was like it was a private clinic actually, so there were more gynecologists. I saw her friend just the first time I visited, and then I saw some other uh, doctors. So the, the pregnancy in the beginning was like really, um, I was not having like vomiting. I, I think like that's the, the end of myself when I start vomiting <laughs> because I hate it so much. I don't know, yeah. like when I need to vomit, I would rather not to and be sick all the time than to, <laughs> than to do it. I feel I like agree. trauma. <laughs> I feel like traumatized from the from the childhood. I still I still remember like these feelings of like when you had to like do it. Like it was the mm -hmm. worst feeling ever. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just felt like sleepy all the time. I remember like I was uh, I, I colleagues from the work were so mad at me because I was really coming late to the work and <laughs> going early because I was so sleepy. I was not able to work like uh, from the office at all i was not able to sit like i was sitting maybe five six hours in the office and that was it like i was not able to do more um and even like i remember we 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 traveled like we went to spain we went to bosnia like uh, to oh yeah i forgot to say i'm from i'm from bosnia great <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. we went to bosnia to surprise my parents uh because that was quite unexpected for them as well. We made like a, like a small surprise party. We filmed it somehow. And um, yeah, everybody was super surprised and super happy that uh, we were pregnant. Like they, they were, they like Mario a lot, like my husband, my yeah. boyfriend, husband. <laughs> <laughs> and um so we, we traveled quite a lot in the pregnancy, in the first pregnancy. 
but I remember the first three months, like the first trimester, it was really like I slept everywhere. I slept on the on the airport. I slept in the airplane. I slept while traveling. Like <laughs> we spent days like, okay, I need to go back to sleep. I need to. And then like I was super hungry. So I need either to eat or I need to go to, to back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember Mario was quite mad at me because before that we really used to travel like we uh we were every weekend out like even every evening after work we were simply going out either with the motorbike or we were just going out like walking hiking i don't know and suddenly like i was this different person <laughs> not being able to to do this stuff anymore yeah so it was quite tough for him to accept like it happens like this that uh, I was so tired like I was not able to walk from like quite sporty person I would say I became like some small like grandma yeah <laughs> that needs to sleep every time <laughs> and I was not able to manage like the ha- hunger I was not able to manage like the if I was thirsty I needed to do it right now I need I need water right now or I'm dying like it's mm-hmm. like right now give it to me please <laughs> yeah did that continue for the whole pregnancy or was it just the first trimester? That in the first pregnancy that was only the first trimester because really when I when I went into the when the second trimester started, mm. it, like everything stopped. Like it was like perfect. Like I was not pregnant. Like I couldn't feel it, except that the belly was growing. And that was perfect because I was finishing my thesis and I was having my I was defending my thesis. So yeah, it was somehow fitting in the time. I remember, like, I was saying, "Oh my God, this is perfect that it stopped." Because I don't know how would I manage, like, to write, to to finish, and to like defend it, mm-hmm. and to work with everything. Yeah, right. like I would have to give uh, something up, and definitely, like, I understand people, like, because I uh, I know few few friends who had to stop, like, the the university studies, who had to simply pause because they couldn't. Yeah. they couldn't continue and now that I look back I think it would it was a, um, maybe it would be a good idea for me to stop like <laughs> if I understood my limits a bit better probably I would uh, I would definitely not even work with that kind of like um, feelings and this is like the thing that I realized afterwards or afterwards like how important is it like to listen your body like what your body tells you and how important is it to follow what your mm-hmm. body tells you and not to like push yourself at least not in the pregnancy like not to push yourself too much probably yeah. I did uh, yeah like over over stressed my body as well a bit not that I feel like now guilty which comes like naturally with the baby loss like uh, but uh, yeah if I if I could have if I could change something I would like I would change definitely that so the second the second trimester like was perfect (laughs) in uh, from like uh, like how I felt and in the second trimester we moved we found, uh, like, uh, with the recommendation, we found a new doctor, and everything was good. Like, we did this the first screening, and the second screening also was in Berna, actually. Yeah. And uh, everything was good. She was developing, like, perfectly. Uh, they found not, like, not, it was, like, usual private clinic 
checkups, you know. So they found nothing unusual. And <laughs> I remember uh, when the doctors told me that uh, it's a girl. I remember like my husband my husband's reaction he was like oh no like it's a girl oh how I'm gonna play with a girl like they're so soft I don't know how to how I'm gonna like manage them like they will not like the motorbikes they will not like the cars so how I'm oh. gonna do it it's <laughs> of so course it they like, do girls girls like motorbikes too <laughs> yeah it was not for him to accept like I was yeah. so super happy and I remember him, oh no, <laughs> how am I going to manage more girls? <laughs> yeah. But that, uh, that's changed, like as, as the belly grow, grew, that's changed, like that attitude became more, oh, it's going to be my princess, or she's going to do this stuff, or we're going to go like to, to, uh, to go to do together this kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, so we moved to Prague he also he started like a new work so it was like everything kind of uh, perfect for us like uh, Prague was quite interesting to discover even though I was not able to walk <laughs> so much because then in the third trimester like I started to feel uh, tired again I started to feel like uh, like I was not able to to walk like long, long distances still that everything was okay but it just came that uh, that I was not feeling good and then um, they also told me that I had anemia like this pregnancy anemia you know they, they say it's normal so I was not taking any additional um, vitamins and in the first pregnancy in the first pregnancy I was not even taking like this pre uh, this pregnancy vitamins like I stopped um I remember just at the fifth month yeah and I think it was around the thesis the, when I had to defend my thesis I was I think I was a bit stressed so I had some pain like in the lower abdomen and the doctor was saying that that was normal that there was no issue and I remember just taking taking magnesium uh, because they were like these early contractions, these fake contractions, how they're Braxton. Braxton Hicks, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but that passed, like it, it lasted like for a few days and it passed, it went away. And um, so the, 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 the issue was like when, uh, like 10 days before the birth, before the actual birth, I uh, I stopped feeling her move. Hmm. Like she was, I don't know. Like now after two pregnancies, I can say that the babies are like com they can be like completely different. I don't know how it was with your pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but like my first and second pregnancy, like how much baby moved were completely different. Like they were completely different persons. Yeah, and um, she was not moving like regularly. So she had. It like random movements and I was not following it so much because I was thinking you know you feel it, it it's okay that's it like you don't have to keep a diary about it um, you don't have to you know click every time in some app to, to say just to, to feel the movement if you feel it and I was not paying so much attention to it because you know everything was going okay so I didn't feel like or I didn't even think that you know, there could be something that would could 
go in the wrong direction. Like that was never my thought. I remember talking with my friend and she was saying, oh, but I liked watching like these documentaries, these like uh, videos about, you know, uh, how, like j just how, <laughs> I don't know why she said that, but just how things can go wrong. Just so, I guess, so she could be aware, but I was like, no, why would I do that? Like, it would just like cause like unnecessary stress and uh, no. Like I, my, my brain didn't go even in one second into, even when I was on operation table, like when I was in the, they were like <laughs> putting me asleep. I was not thinking that something would be wrong. Like, even though everything was, you know, obviously not going well. Yeah. Um, so like 10 days before birth, I felt lower movements. I remember, and I was talking to Mario okay like I think we were at the, we were having dinner and there was my small uh, younger sister with visiting us in Prague she's like 11 she was no she was nine at, at the age at the time and we were having dinner and I was telling him I think I don't feel her move and then as I leaned to the table um she didn't now that I remember she didn't move she just moved with me her body inside moved with my movement and that's how i felt her after but at the time i was not able to recognize that it's some different movement different kind of movement and um i thought okay okay now i, I feel her like that that's it and in the morning i had this strange feeling okay she's she's too quiet and I, I just called the gynecologist, the private one, and I told uh, I told the receptionist, I think, okay, I don't feel, and I remember she was not speaking English, so it was very tough to communicate. Uh, I don't feel my baby move, I, can I come to visit? And uh, then I went to gynecologist and um, I remember a long waiting <laughs> mm. in the in the clinic and um when they admitted me when she 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 started to check she there was uh, another doctor that was not seeing me before uh and uh, she just checked the heartbeat which was okay there was heartbeat normal heartbeat and she said okay the heartbeat is okay i think everything is okay uh, do you want to do the ultrasound? And I was asking her, well, you're the doctor, you know? And she was saying, no, I don't think there is need to do the ultrasound. Just if you will feel again, not baby move, uh, come to come here. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that, I remember crying because I was thinking something might be wrong. And she was telling me that, you know, there was the heartbeat, uh, everything is okay and I had no idea that something actually if, if there is the heartbeat of the baby it doesn't have to mean that is okay that they have to do the CTG that they have to do the blood flows and so on like I had no idea at the time and you know if you have a doctor you, you, you trust the doctor what the doctor says <laughs> yeah absolutely and we went home i remember women even walking because we we like to walk even though and from, from that day i started to feel very bad somehow i was not realizing i don't know why uh that i was not feeling good but i started to cry <laughs> i started to 
like simply like to swell like I was swelling like crazy and um, I, I remember whatever we were doing I was just not like feeling good uh, and even my, my, my younger sister she was there uh, uh, I was not able to do the things with her anymore and uh, Mario was doing things with her I was just like laying down on the sofa and I, I thought it was like normal thing to feel like that because you're pregnant like I was getting bigger and so on and um, with with this kind of feeling of not feeling good I started to feel these fake contractions actually they started even before these 10 days but very mild like I would just feel like a bit of sharp pain down on either of the sides and I was telling it to the doctor, but she was saying like these are the fake contractions, like uh, it's okay, it's normal. Then she was, I don't know if she was explaining like how the normal contractions, like how these real contractions are. She was just saying this is okay and that I should drink magnesium. And to me it was even also strange because they were not doing any blood tests. They were not like, you know, diving into checking like if there is something like with the blood test that could show um if everything is okay or if there is something wrong yeah so everything was this kind of like optimism like everything is okay what could be wrong and uh uh i i just remember that um I went, I went for a normal check actually. It was a scheduled check with this, uh, with this clinic. And I remember crying inside the clinic. I remember also waiting a, a long, long time in crying. <laughs> I just started crying. I just felt like I was suffocating inside. Yeah. And when they saw, and I, the pain, I don't know if I was having the pain or I was just fe feeling this like that I was, suffocating somehow I remember they were taking me when they saw how much I was crying they took me inside right away and uh, I was telling doctor yeah I, I think I have the pain I have the like I had these contractions I had them more often and I remember also during the night that I was in the bed like having a bit of uh, pain that I was trying to manage the pain and but it was not like I had it also now in this pregnancy, so I can say that it was not like it, they were still this kind of fake contractions. And um, I went, he checked, he did the ultrasound and he said like everything looks okay, the baby looks okay. Uh, we we went home. He 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 did say and he did told me like to actually if I will feel not if I would not feel good to go to the hospital. But then as I went out, I start I started to feel somehow a bit better. Like I didn't start I didn't I didn't have this like kind of even panic attack or I don't know. So we went home. Uh, I remember having lunch or I was not even able to to have lunch to eat. And I started to feel like again this uh, strange feeling of like not being able to breathe, like really suffocating. And I I just called Mario and I was like okay you have to come we ha we need to go to hospital like I don't feel good um 
I don't, I, I was not even saying I don't feel good. Like I was just, it was some kind of strange state of mind because I really didn't want, my mind didn't want to go in that direction that something could go wrong, you know? And um, actually we, we ended up in the hospital like around seven and I had like the checkup at the doctor around two, something like that. And uh, the moment, like they, the I, when I went, I went to Podolin because it was close. And uh, I, I actually, I was registered there. I wanted to give birth there, and it was very close to my home. So basically, we went walking. It's like not even ten minutes, like walk from my home. And uh, they started to check. They they did like the vaginal check first, and uh, I was. Uh, dilating a bit like she the doctor told me okay it looks okay but you might go into the birth internet in the next days and I was like okay <laughs> and then in the end the, the ultrasound again they just checked the ultrasound like the how everything looks they were not checking the flows I remember um, to the placenta or so on and everything looked okay and then they did the ctg so they started they were like uh, okay do you feel baby move like i was like yeah because i did felt her i did feel her move like i told you like in the beginning uh when it started i felt her like lean with me somehow and i was mistaking it for a move it was like it was not like a kick she was not kicking but she was moving inside after uh, like some minutes of the CTG, the, the nurse said, okay, maybe your husband should bring you something to eat, like something sweet. And uh, the moment like he brought me like some chocolate, the nurse was like, okay, stop. You, you cannot eat right now, nothing. And she put out my husband and uh, like suddenly, like I don't know how many like nurses and doctors came in. And they put me, they, uh, they didn't, they were not telling me like nothing. They just like put me on the table and they were like, okay, we think something with your baby is not uh, going well. So we need to operate you. Like it was like in one sentence, it was straight. And in five minutes I was put asleep. Uh, it, my, my husband was like, he just had a moment to go inside and I remember my my small sister was also there with us in the hospital because we couldn't leave her home hmm. alone. So she was also witnessing somehow everything. Hmm. And uh, my husband just went inside. I remember holding hands, and I remember him like like telling him to to, to take take care of Sophie, like my sister, and that everything will be okay. Like <laughs> I was uh, I was having this like yeah everything is okay. It's just I was not even I wasn't even somehow present in the moment of, of what was happening actually and they took me to the operation uh, like room and uh, I remember these doctors and nurses smiling around me and the doctor talking to me and uh, the last thing I remember just I was telling him yeah I trust you and I fell asleep <laughs> And um, I woke up like in the intensive care. Uh, the doctor came, the doctor who did the operation, he came inside and he said, and I was like very still like under the medication. So I, I it's very like, um, 
uh, dark, how I remember it. Um, I remember just him telling me, okay, your operation went well, but your baby is not okay. And I think I fainted because I saw him uh, going out of the room. Mm. And that was it. I didn't see my husband that evening. I just remember that night I spent like really... I think in like really big nightmares, I was waking. There was one nurse in, <laughs> too bad that I cannot remember her face, like because I was, I don't know, she was giving me also extra medication and so on. Uh, she was taking care of me that night and I remember her coming in very often because I don't know if I was screaming, if I was like, uh, I, I just don't remember. I had very, very strange dreams like that night, like, um, and I remember her from the beginning. She was like, I just remember this, like that this face expressions, not her face somehow. I don't know if it's possible. Yeah. I just remember her in the beginning, like smiling, telling me everything is going to be okay. Then like uh, as as the morning was approaching, she was like, I guess empathizing with empathizing with me, empathizing, mm. empathizing yeah. with me. She like she, <laughs> she started to cry with me. I guess I was crying. <laughs> Yeah, and um, in the morning she she came to say goodbye and that she's sorry that uh, she, I think she didn't even know what exactly was going on because not even doctors, pediatrists were were knowing at the moment. Mm. She just knew also that something was wrong. And I remember in the morning uh, waking up and like not feeling like it's real. Mm. <laughs> I. Uh, I was thinking, okay, like, uh, it's just, it, it felt like really like a bad dream. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to like wake up. And I remember my husband and Aurora's pediatrician coming and say, like talking to me and the doctor saying, so uh, the baby is not okay. We're not sure what is wrong or what happened, but she seems to have like very bad brain damage. They were not, he's not, he was not going into, into the, like details, like of how she, because I didn't see her yet. And, um, like, I don't know why I was just asking, okay, what we can do? Like, I, I felt like I just wanted to stop like the nightmare. I felt like, okay, it, 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 it feels like really bad to say, but I felt like I just wanted to, to you know, if if it's something very wrong, I wanted to end it up as soon end it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And the the thing is that with like the C because I had the C section, uh, like emergency C section. Yeah. It it feels like it felt like I I couldn't connect with her in the moment, even when I saw her. Like it was very strange feeling. Uh, like it was not my and especially in the condition that I saw her. It was not my baby. It was it was not possible that it was my baby like that. Um, they took me out of intensive care, and I went. Uh, uh, my my husband took me to see her. Like she was in intensive care in Podoli, and uh, like she 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 was so beautiful actually. Hmm. Um. She she was very fluffy and developed baby. Like she was born at 35 plus two. 
and um, she was like all hairy, very very dark skin. <laughs> she was she was the darkest baby in the room. Yeah, and she had the, like this sweet baby girl face. Um, actually, I couldn't see the face from the from the first day in the first day because she had like. Uh, she had some bandage over her head and uh, they were doing like some checkups. She was not able, like she, she, she was not moving basically. She was breathing on her own in the first few days. And also that then stopped. So they had to put her to mechanical like breathing, mechanical ventilator or how it's called. And um, she, she, the only movement that she made were when when they were touching her actually when she they were upsetting her somehow she, she was really upset and she was making like um, automatic movements with uh, with the legs and uh, hands like she was shaking she was shaking and I don't know if she was coming down with uh... sorry <laughs> no you're fine I don't know if she was coming down like with us being there or. Uh... But when uh, when I would touch her, like she would come down, or when we would hold her, like yeah. through the through the because she was in incubator, it was she she would she would come down somehow, mm. and um, we we spent most of the time in the hospital. I remember she. Um, the doctors were doing the, the all the tests possible. Uh, for one test, she needed to be transferred to a motel, like for MRI, I think. That was like the main test that we were that we were waiting actually somehow to to know more because from the from the ultrasound of the brain, they were saying okay something is wrong, but we can, we cannot be. It's not like uh, telling us enough information and uh, they were they wanted to do the mri and to have uh, like the doctor check it but i remember at the time um there was it was august so i think everyone was on vacation it was there was no neuro neurologist available oh. and which was like <laughs> crazy for me yeah <laughs> like you have these kind of situations and the, the the doctor the pediatrist is coming and saying well we don't have a neurologist available like everyone is on vacation wow that's crazy <laughs> I, I think my husband wanted to like slap, <laughs> slap them like really and if he didn't if my husband didn't like uh find a solution he actually found a neurologist in prague mm. we probably wouldn't have like a doctor to check uh to check what is going on really in this yeah it was like i don't know if it was simply this strange period or like if it really works like that but that was not like <laughs> good like i hope it doesn't work like that for for other people yeah like, really because also he had like some kind of connection that allowed him to do this so to find a neurologist to, to somehow uh, yeah. read the, the mri yeah wow and do, like we spent um she lived eight eight days uh the first two days of her life i think i was in the hospital and then i went out but we spent except the night and then last day we spent we also slept inside 
we spent all the time like inside with her uh talking to her like i was expressing milk i remember uh, like there was a in, in intensive care there is a room like for this where the other moms are and i remember this feeling like um like the other's mom were like smiling and i was crying every time and i was like all like in order not to somehow stress them i tried to be with the back towards them and there is a nice view on the Vltava, like a river from the from the hospital so i was always like looking uh, outside of the window and it was so tough to express the milk <laughs> you have no idea and to know like that um that she she will never like um be breastfed like i was i remember i was wanting so much and we were talking okay maybe you should like think of something nice while like expressing milk so she could feel these like nice thoughts with the milk yeah so i was trying to imagine okay like she has to be better she has to get well she we will do i don't know how many things we will go go surfing we will go hiking mm -hmm. we will go traveling yeah. i was trying to put all these thoughts like of how many things how many nice things there are like to discover mm. so she needs to be okay and they were feeding her with my milk like through the through the tube she was she was taking some kind of milk some some amounts of milk <laughs> and i know I, I know it's not cute but the cute thing is that she was also pooing so this this stuff was working actually somehow so i i changed her a few times i remember the day when the, when the when they did uh, when they get the results from MRI that the doctor came I don't know if this is like for the public but um, it, somehow we, we got close with the doctor and they were quite good like they were they were really 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 good like I when I saw how they take care in the intensive care of those babies I realized that those babies are alive just because of them like they were really like every nurse I don't know if you have been ever to intensive care but every nurse has its own babies and uh, they are taking care of them like only like they are feeding them they are like burping them they're talking to them like this sweet talking sweet baby talking and like the nurses of Aurora were super super nice like they were even crying with me like they were going out to come down and then to come back they were coming back to to finish their stuff like they needed to I don't know to change some like or the tubes or something the doctor took us like to the, her doctor took us to the private like room it was it was just like on the end of the hallway and it was like a closed balcony I remember quite hot sun like coming inside and <laughs> he um I, I I realized that it was really difficult also for him because he was not able to talk to us somehow like it was it it was very difficult for him to 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 say what he had to say and uh, he didn't even say it like he didn't even explain it deep uh I had to like realize what he was saying like somehow with Marion after after we after the meeting and uh, he was saying okay so um we got the results the 
they're not good the the um, the brain is complete and she, he was showing us actually the the pictures of the mri and he was explaining like the brain was completely damaged and it was deteriorating so the, the condition was worsening over the compared to the few first days when they, they thought so and like the, when when she stopped breathing like that was the sign actually that it was going worse and worse yeah um her brain was full of like uh how to say it? it was not like the brain tissue it was water like this um like fluid or yeah like some kind of fluid so it was not like properly formed or it went like bad and he he was not able to say what happened when when it happened uh why um he just said i don't think it's i don't know how much pain she can feel i don't know if she feels pain uh, I think it's not ethical to keep her. Uh, no, he didn't say. I think it's not ethical. He said, from the ethics point of view, something like that. Like he was quite okay with the wording, like the way he was saying it. I remember when I was analyzing that, yeah, like back everything. Hmm. Um, he said, from ethics point of view, and like uh, we talked, like we had the the meeting, like the doctors. It's the best solution to put her to palliative care and in my head i didn't know what palliative care was in my head that was something that i i could take her home she would be on like some uh like this 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 machines or something yeah and i was asking but what is the palliative care and nobody like my, my husband was there and the doctor and they, they were not saying not like concretely okay it's ending up the, the life Mm -hmm. They were just saying, Maria just said, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't remember quite, but he said something, it's something regarding like the, the stopping, like something regarding the ending, the ending, it's something from Latin, I just remembered that. And the doctor went out and uh, it's quite like uh, foggy right now, I'm not able to remember everything, but uh, I just remember at one point I realized what the palliative care is. Yeah and uh, somehow are they, either they ask or they told us that we should decide the time when we will be ready mm. and uh, i don't know if you can this i i write a lot about like uh, my feelings like i have a blog that i started in that time and i write i wrote a lot i i still try to describe this kind of feeling that i had but I think there are no words or like time in which you can realize and describe like how I really felt, how it really feels that, you know, you have to decide <laughs> to end up your, 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 your baby's life. Mm. It's not even that like everything went wrong. It's now that you have to decide that, you know, you need to stop it. And I don't know if there was an option to, to continue, like to keep her until she would pass away on her own. Mm. I just know that this, this idea of her being in pain was like hurting so much. Like it was, I, I wanted to stop it like as soon as possible. And I remember that that night we decided to stay with her in the hospital and they were so nice like they prepared the room just for us 
they took the incubator just to that room and they put her there. And uh, I was holding her even before, like with all the tubes and everything, but not, not so much, like because she was not able to stay so much outside the incubator. And uh, I remember that night I was holding her the whole night. She was sleeping inside, inside my arms. The, the nurse was just coming to, I was not sleeping. The nurse was just coming to, to feed her and to change her. Hmm. <laughs> and I remember this like, like she had, she had some kind of expressions. She had like this expressions when she was, uh, mad when she was like bothered by something she was making this uh, great like mad face that that was her only expression and i remember that day uh, i don't know if we talked at all like my husband and i hmm. i just remember him yeah I just remember him telling me that uh, we need to think of of her as um, as a gift because uh, she, she we saw her she came she came and she stayed at least a while and we had this opportunity to 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 hold her yeah and. Um, I remember in the evening, I don't know how we decided because we didn't talk like concretely about it. Okay, we're going to do it like that. We just like looked at each other and we said to the doctor, okay, the doctor was asking us uh, like, when you, like when you will be ready and we were just like, we are ready. And it was around 7 p.m. that we decided and they were giving her they were the doctor injected her like quite like um because they were not feeling they were not knowing how much pain she would feel mm. or she's feeling they were injecting like morphine and i remember that ugly feeling because before that i was able to feel her like that she's alive somehow and after the the morphine like her body like went um completely numb and you could feel it like you could feel that she was not not feeling anything anymore in her body mm. and uh, I asked the doctor actually to, to hold her when everything will happen like I wanted to have her in I wanted to have her in my arms while that was happening mm. and I remember like holding her and <laughs> I start. I my. I felt so sick. I never felt so sick in my life. I had to go to the toilet. I had to, and it was actually the first time that I that my husband took her because he didn't want to. He was like, I need to stay calm. I need to stay cold, so I cannot like I cannot hold her. And that was when he first took her. <laughs> I came back, and uh, he was not wanting to give uh, give her back. <laughs> to me and then I was like no I'm gonna I'm gonna have her and he 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 barely like <laughs> gave her up somehow and uh, I remember sitting like two of us sitting in that room and the doctor was waiting for the morphine to to kick in and she was 
was explaining like, okay, it, uh, we don't know how it can happen. It can be very long and very ugly. Like she wanted to prepare us in, on uh, whichever scenario w w would happen. Like she said, it could be very fast, but it could be very long. Sometimes it can take even a day or more. She was, she was saying like that. And she, she was saying she might seem like she would like to breathe. Like she would want to breathe, but it would be just, it would be just like an automatic reaction yeah. of the body. I remember the doctor taking out the tube, like the, the, for breathing, actually taking out first the tube for the feeding. And then for the, she was in my arms and taking out the tube for the breathing. And she, she just like, the moment she took the tube, she was out, like she ran out. She was not able even to look at us. And she, she started to fight, really to fight to breathe. It was like, <laughs> it was the first time that I saw her face without the, without the tubes. Hmm. And it sounds strange, but that was the nicest thing I ever saw. Like her face, like with all the tubes. And it was the ugliest, ugliest thing I ever saw in my life. Like the way she, she fought to breathe, the way her body, like, she actually just fought, like, with, you could see her head, like, really, she, she was trying to breathe and, uh, it, it, it took two hours, two and a half hours almost for her to stop, for her like really to, to go away. And you know, those were like the toughest two and a half hours of my life. Hmm. <laughs> I told you that there are no words to describe this kind of feeling. Hmm. It's simply like it's simply hard and <laughs> it remains hard like even after two years it will be hard even after I guess forever that that she's not there that she was there that she was so pretty and so like perfect from outside and the year after like I remember just <laughs> the doctor coming in and uh, she was putting her back in the incubator and uh, she was saying like she's so perfect and that was hurting even more mm. and she was saying that we should look for the like the help mm. and the first year will be the toughest one and then we came tomorrow actually again to the hospital because we needed like them to sort out the things and to look for the funeral home to look for the ways how we will do it and I remember I was calling like uh and everybody was speaking only Czech, of course. I was calling to find a way how to do it. We actually did it. We decided to do it in a modest but nice way. Because when we were pregnant, we were talking that we would do this like long trip over Italy, like from the north to the south, like with the car to show her like every nice place of the Italy, to show her like the food, <laughs> the yeah. Italian food, like uh, just to visit like 
and make her first Italian trip. And we actually mm-hmm. did that with, uh, with her urn. <laughs> we, we cremated her and we had her in our backpack. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if all the people that we met on the, on the trip knew, <laughs> it, w- it would be quite creepy. <laughs> <laughs> We we even went like swimming and we left her on like this is like the crazy stuff. We went swimming and we left her on the beach. And I remember asking my my Mari, but okay, can we leave her? Like like I don't want to like you know something happened. We were like south Italy on the south of Italy, and he was like, no, this is like south of Italy. Everybody here is very traditional. If they would open and see what is inside, they would never yeah <laughs> want to do it. Yeah. And so we did this like nice trip of like almost a month, not a month, not like month, like two, three weeks Uh, from the north to the south. We were visiting all the nice places. We were, I remember I have, um, I have a small notebook that I somehow accidentally stumbled upon and I bought it. It was like pink and blue and it was written like, uh, think of me. And I started to write all my, like, like it was my um, <laughs> way to talk to her somehow. <laughs> and uh, we, we left her in uh, Sicily mm. because I somehow felt that it was like the right thing to do, that she was really Sicilian kind of. The way she was strong, the way she was fighting in the end, I really felt that she had like this the Sicilian blood <laughs> yeah. somehow and yeah the doctor was right that the first year was the toughest year like for both of us like we struggled to the first month we were numb like uh, we barely remember what we did that month even though we, we, we tried to travel I, I somehow didn't have the pain physical pain it was um, I don't know if I guess I had more pain inside than outside like mentally and um, I, I didn't I didn't have any pain like from the c-section I was able I went the third day after the c-section I went back home walking because we were living close so we were walking slowly and we were walking actually every day back and forth like for the lunch or for the dinner I think that the the thing that saved us somehow like to stay together is that we really wanted to stay together like and after you go through this you you become a different person than you were before so we had to get to know each other again somehow and the most important thing was we we were we were talking a lot even though my husband you know like men and women they, they they somehow feel it differently they feel it both. We, we felt it both, of course, but we, we felt it differently. Like he felt more protective of me, that he needed to do, that he needed to be strong. But also then after several months, like this, this kicked in. Like he really, like it, it, it happened like that the first months I was the one who was like, uh, you know, feeling everything like so deeply. And it, it helped me to recover. It helped me to heal somehow really. And uh, after I started to heal, he, he, he somehow, it was his time to feel it. 
Yeah. And I don't know, we were, we were somehow balanced in uh, as much as we could in all this. And that's, that's really what kept us together because we were so many times at the limit, like that it was it, like we were not able to, you know, stand each other anymore, you know, to stand just this, this idea that, that, you know, we have a kid that we don't have. That, that is not with us anymore and we were dreaming of so many things and now everything was like this destroyed the the home and the house everything felt so empty but uh, the good like really the thing is that we tried to talk we uh somehow we sorry i had to sneeze <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we, uh, I didn't let it to be silent. Like I was really loud about it. I really talked. It just, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. Took me off guard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I really wanted to keep her memory. Hmm. And that was another thing that helped both of us, I think, is that we didn't pretend nothing happened. We just faced, we, we faced it somehow we we felt it deep and we did so many things for her like in december we decided to do camino de santiago i don't know if you're familiar like it's this uh walk it was not religious walk it was just for us like to to realize what was happening and with december was the worst month to do it because it was rainy <laughs> there was like red red matter alarm <laughs> And everything was flooded. We had like all the waterproof equipment was wet. <laughs> we, were, we were wet, and uh, it was this. It was around Christmas time, so everything was closed, mm. and we were wet every evening. There was barely hostels open. There was no heating, no warm water. But it somehow like we needed like this kind of even like for a normal person, normal condition, it would be like a terrible experience. <laughs> to go through something like this we we needed something like that and actually on the end of it we got engaged <laughs> oh that's so nice so yeah it was somehow we were as a couple we were moving we wanted to move like we realized even on this trip like that was really difficult like on this walk we realized that we want to stay together that we want to move on i mean we knew from the moment we saw aurora that we wanted another kid like <laughs> she was so nice and she, she was so beautiful that like we for sure we want another one yeah and i don't know we it happens like gradually like you have to be patient like patient for to heal mm. You have to work on it, I think, because we really worked on it, like with the psychologists, with the talking to each other, with again slowly traveling and okay, COVID hits them. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was like another small disaster. Yeah. To uh to everything, but we somehow managed still to keep the normal life like in the beginning. Mm. And, Did you get yeah. any help from the from the Czech? um system like the medical system did they refer you somewhere or? yeah actually that was nice because and uh, the doctor was telling me it's the first uh we are one of the first that they are doing it for mm. 
they had like these memory boxes and um, they had, they did like a food stamp of Aurora. They were asking if, what we would like to do. I was not having idea what I can do at the moment nor I was thinking. They just did like this on their own. They did the food stamp. They gave me her blanket where she was wrapped in and uh, they gave me the list with uh, all the associations and all some psychologists that could help and there were these associations like uh, i forgot the name in the check loha loha cesta something like that mm-hmm. they are taking care like of the patients with palliative care the care and bereaved parents uh-huh. and so on okay. so yeah. they were they were really like and uh, from the friends that uh, went through similar they didn't have the same so it was just the part of intensive care in Podoli that they I think they had their own initiative to do this kind of stuff so yeah they uh, they they really they were really super nice and super helpful with us yeah yeah um i i i i really i cannot even for whatever happened there i cannot thank them enough like really and i remember going out that night of the from that room and in the hallway like all the nurses like they were crying (laughs) they were looking at us and they were they were like all of like it was 11 of them if i remember well they were crying (laughs) so the, the care there was super good I recommend Podoli. Yeah, I went I went to Podoli with my second pregnancy actually. Somehow accidentally I ended up there. But um I uh, I like it's 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 really like really really good care that they provide. Sometimes you have to push <laughs> if you want to get something like I remember now during this pregnancy. And th- the second pregnancy is actually was not so planned like we were saying okay uh we want to try again like we we feel like we need another baby but again it didn't work like from the first time so it took us off off guard somehow (laughs) we were in sicily and as the covid started we planned to stay in sicily like the whole quarantine and stuff it was like end of summer and uh, i just remember i you know in sicily like i eat a lot like food here is so delicious and we always return like with some extra kilos and i remember okay i don't i don't feel like eating anymore and i feel sick Mm. and that was the first sign that i realized okay something is happening and I decided to take, a, I was also late with the period, like I decided, but I was thinking, okay, I was not having regular periods, so it's it's the, that kind of thing. I didn't remember when we could do it, because I think I remember we were somehow busy in the, in the, in that time. And uh, I, I decided to take the, my husband's birthday was coming on, so I decided to take the test on his birthday, and to see if, if it, if it's, that i will tell him then but somehow he realized that i i something was going on so he was asking me like he was asking if my period because i was telling him i'm, I'm late he was asking if i got my period and i was like i was not able to lie to him and i was like <laughs> no <laughs> no it didn't but i think you know it's late so but i will take the test after we we come back from the sea house to see because we were supposed to come to his parents house and uh, I took the test and I took, I took it. I remember I went shopping to buy the stuff for the cake and the test. <laughs> yeah. 
And um, yeah, I did the test and it was positive. And I was not able to, I was not able to believe that like, okay, we're, we're doing it again. <laughs> and I just went upstairs and um, I, I was trying to keep the serious face and he was looking at me and I just kept serious face like, you know, because he knew I took the test. He's, he was, he saw that I went and um, I kept serious face. He looked at me and I just like looked away and he thought like that it was negative. And after the cake in the evening, like uh, we went to the terrace and um, he then, he then he asked, so did you take the test? And I just like started crying. Like I was not able to, you know, make a surprise or something. I just started <laughs> crying. Yeah, it's positive. Oh. And then, yeah, it was the, the, the best gift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, then we decided to return to Prague. Actually, I decided because uh, I had all my medical history there, like in Prague. So I wanted to be in Prague, like when, when it will be like, you know, for, for the, all the checkups. I talked to, because I had to change the gynecologist like after Aurora. And again, I was not super happy with this one, but you know, what you could do. <laughs> I just needed to, some checkups and so on. And um, I wrote him an email. He said, yeah, when you come, just, uh, just visit me. And I wrote him an email the day before I was going to him. And uh, on the day when I went to him, he was closed due to technical reasons. I don't know. And uh, I was going back home and Podoli was on my way. And I was thinking, okay, let's stop in Podoli. Like, why wait tomorrow? I can do it today. I just need to have it confirmed. Am I, am I pregnant? And in Podoli, after I, we talked, like they, they confirmed the pregnancy. And after we talked, the doctor said, okay, I think with everything that happened, you should stay in Podoli. Like you should be registered here for the pregnancy. I didn't even know that was an option. Apparently you can do it from, I don't know which week. But you can do it. You can be registered there for the pregnancy checkups. Oh, okay. That's that's something I I didn't know. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And for for like riskier pregnancies, I think this is like they they are perfect there mm. because they took care so much. I had to I had to push. You know, the doctor thinks that that you are aware of everything like he is <laughs> so he doesn't tell you everything so you need really to ask questions you need to push you need to remind them even though they know but i i was reminding them every time okay this happened so i don't want it to repeat i need what we can do and they were sending me like to like the doctor that that, that uh, took me in like she was really she was an older doctor Dr. Matsahova, I, I forgot her name now, I'm sorry, but she was really like taking care of me. She was speaking Czech, so we were speaking Czech, I was able to communicate in Czech. And uh, she sent me like to genetic testing because she noticed that there might be something like, even though all the, all the results from the autopsy from Aurora were like negative, they, they, they couldn't say what happened with Aurora actually after the autopsy. So this was even like bigger concern because they didn't have answer. Okay, what should I take care of? What was what was the right. issue? Right. 
and actually it started to somehow develop the, the story start, started to develop, to develop like why in during the second pregnancy because we, they did the test and they told me uh the genetic test and they told me that i have this like um so certain genetic mutations that are related to thrombophilia, not direct cause, but uh, they they are somehow connected. Like uh, they don't know it's something new. Actually, yeah, the doctor told me it's something new. We don't know how to treat it. <laughs> and uh, the the issue is that that was in a fifth month. They discovered in a fifth month that I had this stuff. So. Yeah, this was the another stuff, but I don't I don't blame. It's more like a system. I don't blame the doctors that somehow they wait for the first trimester to pass mm. to see. They will they want to see if you, if it will pass. They are not so proactive in preventive care, and this is something that is very wrong. I think because you should start from the first day. You should start like the therapies. Like I had utrogastone, like the progesterone therapy. And I think they should really start like, or aspirin, like you should start really from the first day. All the blood tests should be done from the first day. And this is something that was not done. And I was not aware that it should be done again. I was following them. Yeah. And um, I don't know if, I, I was also a bit pushy with, okay, what else we can do? What else we can do? Like, there has to be some reason, like some way to treat this or like to be preventive. Because again, the pregnancy was developing perfectly. And uh, I visited hematologist and uh, she took care also of me. I had like some extra therapy um, for the thrombosis, like very small dosage. Like I was injecting myself every day but uh, uh, it was just preventive. Like I was doing like this uh, thorough blood tests every three weeks, maybe. So the hematologist was actually following in another hospital was following if like the, the blood tests were according to the pregnancy timeline somehow. Right. And if there would be some sign of, of the blood clotting, like I didn't know, but they were, they are able to, see it like they are able to see if some antibodies appear like the, the, the body is actually like reacting to the in in this way and um, also with this hematologist uh, she, I, I went there one the first time and she told me like everything is okay now and if I didn't ask her to follow me <laughs> probably it wouldn't happen so I, I was asking okay can you follow me till the end like can, if if it's okay now can it change like and she was saying yeah it can it can change like every day and I was like okay but if it can change we should follow somehow no and but then she was very nice like she was very supportive and um very available she was speaking perfect english so in the end everyone was super supportive but i had to somehow ask for it like, yeah it was not a pro very proactive oh wow so so asking the right questions and asking for what you need i guess we all go through that yeah 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 you you really have to do it like uh, yeah. even in in my case like this i think if i didn't if i was not so stubborn plus it was very stressful i had to think about it on my own because my husband couldn't be there so i had to think what the hell i have to ask <laughs> well yeah. i i remember preparing myself for every doctor visit because i 
it started to be a bit stressful for me to speak in Czech. I was, it, I was not, I'm not speaking it very well. So I was like trying to understand how I can push her in Czech to do what is needed or to do even extra, not what is needed, but what is, uh, what is extra to, in order to prevent. Like this pregnancy was very stressful. The second one was really, really very stressful. And um, they, the, the last few months, they started to like very often ultrasounds and I was asking for it actually. Uh, before being hospitalized, I was asking to have it every week. <laughs> Yeah. And even though they were saying like it's not needed every week, like we don't, we cannot see like the growth of the baby every week. Like it can be different. I wanted like this. I realized how important are these blood flows to the placenta, blood flows to the brain, because that that tells you like that the baby is doing well, not the heartbeat. Because I I knew that the heartbeat was okay, so I was asking, okay, what is actually telling the the real state of my baby, like the real like how is she doing yeah and um yeah it's it's crazy isn't it that we have to be the proactive medical person ourselves in pregnancy even if we have nothing uh, underlying you did from your first pregnancy you have to ask the right question to to get an answer to something you know yeah the reality is and which is very, very scary is that, and it differs from the country to country. Czech Republic, I know, is still one of the lowest with the, with the stillbirth and infant loss numbers, but that they don't have this kind of stuff like uh, blood flow, which is really to actually telling you what, what is happening with your baby. If your baby is doing okay, yeah, they don't, they, they, they don't have it as a, as a, as a, you know, like this normal care. It's something extra. If you want to do it on your own, you have to pay for it. Like uh, it's it's really something extra, something that should be a basic care during the pregnancy is something extra. Yeah. And it's not the doctor's fault. It's like the system somehow. But I realized really there is no preventive care unless you have like, I don't know, five miscarriages. So now they know that they have to really try everything. There is really no pro uh, proactive preventive care that from the beginning, okay, we will try to do this. Or even if you have a normal, pre like, you know, you had no issues. Yeah. I know that, you know, you have checkup every month and they, they are not so regular, like with this blood test or what they, you know, it differs from clinic to clinic, from doctor to doctor. Somehow there is the basic somehow steps or I guess that they follow. But I heard every time something different, you know, so some of them, they were having all these tests on the beginning, some in the middle, I was not having and so on. So it was like really messy, like to think of that something could have been prevented. If I had the same care that I had, like in my second pregnancy, in my first, if I had even like 50% of it, my daughter, I'm, I'm quite sure she would be here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... It's really crazy how much like the, the lives are depending on how well and how good is like this system organized and structured. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I it's so difficult also when we are not from from the country that we birth in and even like language and all these things. Because when you're when you're from the same culture, 
like I'm Swedish and I know if I go into a hospital in Sweden to give birth, I know the cultural norm of what can I mm. ask for? What would they give me? Um, where could I reach out? And then you're in a different country and it's all up to you. But I guess also in Czech Republic, it's all up to Czech mamas too. It's not just uh, foreign the, mamas, the, you know. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this strange thing when I, after the Aurora that I was trying to somehow understand how the system works, you know, if there, if, you know, I wanted to try to do something um, and I was contacting the associations and I was having some meetings and talking to the doctors as well, is that they were, t the, the doctors were telling me, oh, but you know, this, uh, the Czech moms, they, they, they have this like mom groups, they, they find it out on their own, like what they need to do. And I was like, okay, shouldn't it be the doctor who, is, who would be telling them, okay, your pregnancy is uh, currently like this, it can develop like this, uh, the next stage will be like this. I just remember asking my doctor, okay, what should I do, what should I not? Nothing, you, you just behave normally. I mean, that's, that's perfect, like to, you know, but you should introduce also, okay, you can, you can feel like this, you can feel like that, in case you feel like this, come, in case you feel this, you can have this medicine, or something like that, you know, they should recommend, you know, maybe to do extra tests, if, if they should suggest what are the options. Yeah. I find this, like, really necessary, and it's so the quite, people yeah. know. Yeah, it's quite strange, what? isn't it? It's so, so everybody knows, like, what to do. I found that great in my first pregnancy I was in the UK and they sort of just give you a book this is a list of all the things you should think about and all that you know and this, there was nothing here there's nothing here this is like the choice of you can reach there or you can do this or you can do this and here you have to sort of just talk to your to your friends and your peers and you yeah 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 I agree with you. <laughs> yeah yeah. It, also in UK, actually, it's um, you have midwives, right? You are not followed by the doctor. But I am following this Tommy's like association, and they're doing quite a lot of research and like quite a lot of stuff for the for the baby loss in UK mm -hmm. and for the pregnancy in general. Yeah. So so you said that your pregnancy, your second pregnancy, was um, stressful because of your previous loss and everything and how did you did you get some help managing that did you still go talk to someone or well uh, it was uh, at the moment I, I realized I'm pregnant the first thing I had to somehow sort out in my head is that this is not Aurora this is another baby mm. and uh, it's going to be another baby and um, I had to somehow understand my feelings that I, it's not that Aurora will be less loved <laughs> yeah. and this or I cannot I will not be uh, somehow I was afraid you know to to somehow either less love this baby or less love Aurora I was afraid something of that like can happen if I dedicate my attention to this baby Aurora will not be anymore like my you know in 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 somehow in the same position and then I, I had to understand that you know your heart and you grow just bigger with this with the second baby you know it's yeah. uh, it's still there it's just yeah. you are bigger you have more love it's the same love and so yeah I had to 
like in the beginning was like this i had to understand and to accept these feelings i had to understand that uh, anything can happen also i had to i had i was talking to myself I, I need to be aware of this that everything can go wrong again and i need to be also ready for that and uh, i somehow took it day by day I was not thinking, I was not able to think like, okay, what's going to be in the third month? What's going to be in the fifth month? I really took it day by day. The far, the further, hardest, further, uh, furthest I could think of was like what I will tell doctor tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That was all. Yeah. That was really all. I was not even able to think in the work for tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, and it worked quite good because i was focused on now luckily luckily he started to move very early like i felt him in a 12th week which was very very early and he started to have regular movements so he, i knew exactly the hour that he was awake so i really paid attention to this like this was telling me that he, he was doing okay and I really paid attention to the kicks and he was kicking a lot. Like <laughs> he was a very active baby and he continued to be so. And um, yeah, I, um, the, the pregnancy was, was going okay. Like all the checkups again, except that they discovered they, they like, then they, that we found out the preventive therapy. Um, at the end, slowly, as some, you know, uh, with the ultrasound, they were la they were having like some um, these norms that they were measuring somehow, and I always was checking them on my own, and it was difficult because I was not sure what they were saying, and then I was seeing with uh, that they were having some strange like numbers, and that was that was really really stressing out because th for them like everything was okay. They were saying it's like the machine that can be different, you know, and so on. And for me, it was like saying, okay, it's happening again. It's happening again. What I'm going to do. Mm. And um, I remember at one point I was not able to manage anymore. And I called my psychologist because I was not I like having section, sessions in the beginning. And I just started to talk with her and she was, she was super supportive during first pregnancy, like after first like loss first pregnancy loss and uh, everything and during the, this pregnancy she was really really supportive like that kind of help that you really need and uh, she led me through my feelings somehow um in the in the last month i uh, i started to have again this kind of pain like the fake contractions and i remember I, I i met every single doctor at podoli i think because i went to the hospital so often whenever <laughs> something would be and i think this is completely normal for every woman to do whenever she has some doubt not to wait just to go because like really there is no stupid like question there is no stupid thing oh like it's better to act preventively than to you know that you cannot go back and i really would recommend this kind of like mindset to every because i saw so many ladies also in this facebook group like facebook mom group writing oh my uh, my baby is not moving like uh, should i should i i know that this might be first reaction because you don't think nothing can go wrong but if you think that there is something different just go to hospital not even to private doctor because they don't have this like all the the, the possibilities to check to check you and your baby just go to the hospital like that's the that's the way to do it 
And I remember one evening, like, uh, I, I started not to be, because I, I, I tried to walk as much. I tried to still keep myself active, but very careful, because still we don't know what, <laughs> what, what exactly was the cause of the first, lo of the first pregnancy loss. And um, so I was taking care of the food, like of being active. I never ate healthier in my life. <laughs> and um, one evening just we decided, okay, I'm not feeling very good, like that I can walk so much. I felt like that I'm sleepy all the time, second day already. And my husband was like, was like okay, let's go to hospital. Let's just check up again. It was like fourth time that we were <laughs> going to Bodley and um yeah i went inside and they were like okay uh, this is, i was already in 35th week i think no 32nd or something like that and they just they they just decided to keep me like uh, because i had pain and my scar was very thin so they were afraid that the scar might might rupture which would be very like fatal for me and the baby and they just decided to keep me inside. And then actually I stayed one month in the hospital before they did the second C-section. I was hoping for the natural birth because I wanted to experience it. And that was actually funny because the night we, we stayed in the, in the hospital, the first night, we stayed in the delivery room because they were thinking they might deliver me. And um, <laughs> we were able to hear every single woman scream. <laughs> <laughs> In the morning, Maria was like, but you are crazy that you want to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because really, we were really, like, I, I never had, like, I realized that, okay, if, if they are hurting like this, I don't have any pain. I can go home. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was not having this kind of pain that, you know, it was the real um, pregnancy, like the, the contraction pain. I didn't have it. Like, it was just like this fake start, uh, contraction thing. So after one month, the doctors like decided to deliver him at 36th week, 36 plus two, 36 plus two, I think it was. Yeah, because they thought it was like the best thing to do and um, that the, they should not wait because it's not that something was wrong, but simply the risk of what happened and what I have and everything all together, they decided the best thing is to deliver by a C-section like in, in, on that and that day. And I was not thinking, I was like, okay, if you, uh, the baby should be okay, right? There should not be any issues. Like, and they were saying, yeah, there can be this and this and this, but mostly they, they were like, the, the, the death <laughs> percentage, <laughs> they were saying is very, very, very low, like very low. And yeah, we were, we were going for it. Like I was wide awake. <laughs> And that was also tough, like to stay awake because I was not feeling the pain, but I was feeling everything like during the, the, the C-section and almost fainting several times. And my husband was inside with the GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. that, that was the good thing that he was able to, to stay there. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was the, the, the first cry that I heard was something nicest ever, nicest thing ever. The, when he started crying of course now it's like uh, giving me headaches like I really <laughs> have like my ears and my head and my teeth are hurting from how much he's crying mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah I was super 
happy like to to hear him and it was a bit difficult in the beginning again because he was in intermediate care he needed some like breathing assistance but he turned out like to be good and some strange thing is that the same doctor that was aurora's doctor ended up to be his doctor oh. so this somehow i don't know it's it, it made my heart feel so warm <laughs> yeah. to see him like say like he's okay now he can go to to be with you in the room like mm. and we had some issue with like lactation and he was not strong enough to to um to feed to breastfeed but in the end like yeah we, we managed everything and again like the care in the podoli was outstanding like really i i i have no words yeah. like for the doctors doctors and nurses and everything that yeah. they did for me for us it's like really without yeah any words i don't know if i would manage to have the same care even here in italy that i had right. here yeah so i know that your little one is about two months now so how has it been in the immediate <laughs> postpartum and the postpartum coming home from hospital so again i didn't have like I don't know, I didn't have, I think even this C-section was easier for me, like the second one. I didn't have any pain, like I started to walk immediately, like uh, I slowly, of course, and I started to, the, to, 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 to move as much as possible. I was with him and also around home. He was uh, very loud. In the beginning, actually, he was more sleep, he was sleeping more. But yeah, you could say that he was very, he was very stressed out by the, by the birth. And I can, I can, I can somehow feel it that, you know, it was too early for him to go out. He was not completely ready. And then he was not with me. He was separated in the beginning. So I think this created some kind of like small trauma with him that he, the only way that he's able to calm down now when he's crying is like being swaddled, even still, still now and with the with the pacifier because that was the only thing that they were calming him down when he was in intermediate care mm. like they were giving him pacifier and you know it, it's hurting he it's hurting me somehow that we were not be that we were not able to stay together in the beginning mm. but i think it's I think he got used to me now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he definitely he definitely learned how to eat because he's eating a lot, a lot. His pediatrician said that he's even even, even eating too much. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I'm like breastfeeding all the time. I'm even thinking that now it's already time to breastfeed. <laughs> that he's yeah, yeah, he's like already almost two hours without eating, so he's for sure i cannot hear but he's for sure crying upstairs yeah. so yeah it's um it's it, you know it's it's good that he's keeping me busy because i don't have somehow time to feel these negative emotions i do feel these strange feelings between him aurora and everything that happened but uh, he's keeping me very busy. No, that's nice. <laughs> he's keeping okay. me very busy. Uh, my husband is, I'm, I'm lucky that my husband is really uh, willing to help and actually not willing to help, but he's doing his role, like, you know, being a dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so he's taking over when I'm tired. I am taking over when he's tired and so on. Like we are really balancing it very well. I'm so happy to have him. Yeah, it's great to have a good team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so happy to have him. Like really, I don't know how I would manage it like this without him. Yeah, yeah I hear you. So I know you mentioned some resources throughout um, and I've taken notes of them, but is, is there, are there any other resources that might be helpful for others? Well, I, uh, I don't know, like, I know just the name of this Loha Cesta and uh, uh, we have, I don't know the names because I was, I, they were, they were talking mostly Czechs in the Czech and they are for, they are for the Czechs. So they are not for the expo. This is another thing. Yeah. Um, we created what with my friend who actually we met after uh we had sim we went through similar things and we created a group a facebook group we were having even the meetings in the beginning like monthly meetings meetups like just to talk with the with the women and parents who went through the loss any kind of loss like miscarriage infant no not all loss and it's called like prague baby loss support group so I think for the expats, like it's it's not like a lot of help. It's not like professional help, but uh, we are there like to talk to meet. Like we, I met like really a lot of women after with also with my blog and with everything. Yeah, and we will be sure uh, to link to your blog also. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, actually, I I you know it's it's nothing organized it's nothing structured i was not thinking in advance what to write what to it was just like right putting out my feelings it was more something like that and what helped me or what i what i saw as not not like just justice i'm not like i've seen yeah. justice like it was not felt right like in the moment because there were so many things wrong around and there is still this stigma around baby loss and so on and so many women wrote me like we even never met we just like chatted for a while that you know it, it was nice to read or like they felt the same or it's so it's so relieving to have something someone someone to know someone is going through the same it was going through the similar like they, they are not alone in in some kind of way yeah we are not meeting anymore because of the covid stuff but like in the group everyone is allowed to like um, post whatever they want to ask even to meet to ask for the meet to meet so yeah like this is more like oh, expert oriented we have there all as well like czech ladies and i know that there is like in czech there is a group for loss for the miscarriage i don't know how it's called but it's in czech if you type it in czech it's <laughs> uh strati or something like that strati mimink or something like that okay I will, so, I will try to find that also and yeah. link to it to your on your show notes page. I even had like a, a speech about it. Like um, I don't know, some people. I, I just I just realized that uh, I was going randomly through some posts on Facebook, and there was some post about baby loss, and some lady linked my speech that I had that I didn't even know the lady and. Uh, she 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 put up the link that I had about baby loss and like the, the, how the surrounding and society treats it, how they maybe should treat it, what they could yeah. do, and so on. Yeah. I can send you that as well. Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds great. I'll write that down also. 
All right, great. Thank you so much, Silvana, for coming on and sharing your stories with us today. Thank you so much, Lisa, for allowing me this space. I uh, I know I, I've been a bit like emotional, but I think I really I really think like this kind of stories should be shared, should be talked about, and it's really nice what you are doing, like that you are sharing these kind of experiences because it might not be for everyone like to listen or not everyone will like dive into it but for some people it will be really helpful just to to hear that somebody else is going through similar experience or how they went through that experience might help them cope with yeah oh that's very nice of you thank you <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thanks again, Silvana, for coming on and sharing your beautiful birth stories with us on the pod today. If you are listening in and you would like to reach out to Silvana with any questions or anything, I will definitely be posting the links to her blog and and all the other things that we have mentioned on the show notes page. You can also send me an email at the 9 at gmail.com or just visit the website 9monthspodcast.com and contact me there and I will forward anything to Silvana that comes to me. Also, there's always space to share your birth story on the podcast. So if you feel called to it, then go ahead, send me a message through those channels as well. I'm always happy to share every story. All right, you guys, thank you for tuning in today and be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcast or go follow me on Instagram, Nine Months Podcast there as well. Anyway, have a wonderful week ahead and I will post another episode next week for you guys.